up, Hit Squad? Welcome in to the Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Chris, not the quarterback Sims. Joined, as always, with me, sitting across, feeling a little Mac Miller under the weather today. That is the soulless canine, Right Dog. What's up? What's up? There's no Denny's today. No Denny's today. He's not, he's not feeling good enough to uh, go to Denny's. We're skipping Denny's. No we're Denny's. We're on a diet. And then we got an A1 all day, Michael Seta. Here we go, Rowdies. Here we go. Well, that just sounded terrible. Oh, sorry. It's, uh, you know, got to beat the Steelers this week, baby. It, it is Steelers week. You sound so enthused over there. I'm hype. I can't wait for this week. It's going to be a good game, regardless if we got our starters or not. It's a big game regardless, and we should be able to take them regardless. I'm hype. Yeah, well, we're here to talk fantasy football, not NFL football. We can do both, though. Fuck the Browns. Whoa. <laughs> You know where to find us, Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Hitstick Fantasy on the gram, Hitstick Fantasy on Facebook, get at us, ask us some questions, start sits, trades, we do it all, we're here for you, and as always, let's get things kicked off here with a little bit of news. Uh, so we got Miles Sanders, who is uh, going to be, um, looked like he had a season-ending injury, and it turned out to be... Uh, it was, uh, I think, mild ankle sprain. It says week to week, and they haven't ruled him out yet for this week, but I wouldn't be expecting him to play. Or at least a full load at, at the you know yeah. at minimum this week. So I'd be looking to sit him for at least a week. I would say. Yeah, low ankle sprain. Um, and then something to monitor that just popped up. Uh, somebody's got the vid. That's the Green Bay wide receiver room. Devonte Adams, positive COVID test. Uh, looking to be very very unlikely to play this week. Definitely make arrangements. Add our um. I don't think you would be starting him, but uh, Alan Lazard, the Lazard King, and Adams, uh. If Adams, uh, if Adams missed, yeah, you would have been playing Lazard, but not anymore. No, Lazard's out now, too. So does does this make I mean Randall Cobb is a wide receiver one this week? Hell no. Yeah. Man, not probably not one, but yeah, he's definitely playable. He's especially flex, right yeah, now. He's like, he's, so, you're into the deeper leagues right now where it's you got you're banged up, you're you got buys everywhere, you know. You you'd feel confident confident putting Randall Cobb in there this week, I'd say. All right. I mean, that's these are the questions you got to be asking. Randall Cobb and your flex. Randall Cobb and your wide receiver three. I mean, is is that a good play? Or? I think there's worse options with all those guys out. I think there's definitely worse options out there. So I what do you think I'm fading the Packers? What? Well, I was just going to ask. What does this do for Aaron Rodgers? It, nothing great. Like, you know? is he still in your lineup? I mean, if you're playing a one quarterback league, he's probably the only quarterback you own. So yeah, and he is Aaron Rodgers, so he can make magic out of nothing. But if you have any other like feasible option, I'm, I'd be looking there. I'm going to go to our 12-man basic league right now, and I'm going to look at the waiver wire at the quarterback position. I want you to tell me if you would consider starting any of these guys over Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. And real quick, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, he is vaccinated, so he gets two negative tests. He can still play. Yeah, it's something to monitor for sure. Because yeah, the second, so, if Adams is on the field, I don't care about Lazard. If Adams is on the field. Yeah, if, if Adams is on the field, then boom, you're ready to go. Fire him up. Yeah, especially in a high-powered matchup against the Cardinals. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Trevor Lawrence playing the Seattle Seahawks. Don't hate that matchup. He's he's available. But I'm looking at this is a real league right now. I can tell you who you're not playing. That's Sam Darnold. Definitely uh, not. Uh, what about uh, Tua? Uh, Tua going up against uh, very very tough Buffalo defense. But Tua has been on fire the last two weeks. 25 points the week before and dropped 34 points with a four touchdown performance. This week against the Falcons. Yeah, he's certainly a matchup-based quarterback, and I'm, I don't really like the matchup against the Bills, so I don't think I'd be leaning there. I'd still probably go Rodgers over him. 
That's fair. That, and that's pretty much the only time. I mean, Jameis Winston's there, but I don't I don't think that we really want to put Jameis in our lineup against Tampa Bay. Nope. Yeah, so that's fair. Um, so we got a few other people coming back from injury. We got Nick Chubb, who is set to practice, and he is looking to be just as great as always. Going up against a tough Pittsburgh defense, doesn't matter. Get him in your lineup. I mean, we saw we saw last week what the Browns' run game does. So, I mean, regard, it doesn't matter. if Whoever's the starting running back for the Browns, doesn't matter who they're playing. Get into the lineup. I, I don't even care if Chubb's playing this week. I would still feel okay with putting Dearness out there in my lineups as well. We're going to talk about that. Oh, sorry. So, but anyway, and then... Um, That's another, a tease right there. A little bit of a tease. So, um, man, flashback to high school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Off the chains. Jerry Judy is uh, set to remake his return, uh, looking like he's going to be back on the field, back, back in your lineups, though. Is, I mean, I, I'm personally okay with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. He did his time on the IR. He should be good to go. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know if this is just my teams and how I drafted, but my teams are all decimated right now. So anyone like the name Jerry Judy coming back is like the Denver Broncos. Like, oh, my God, we need Jerry Judy in our lineup. That's me and all my fantasy teams. So, yes, fire him up, send him in there, wide receiver, put him in, boom. Forget about it. Yeah, I'm all about Jerry Judy back into my lineup this week. There's a few leagues that I desperately need him, so. So, but yeah, uh, let's, uh, without further ado, let's dive into some stuff. Watching Rydog over there do his, like, half little waddle. My funky dance for when I feel funky. Yeah, yeah. He's a funky monkey tonight. We're going to do a little bit of cop or drop today. And for any of our listeners that are not familiar with this segment from last year, it's very simple. We're going to talk about some guys that have been very eh, gross, terrible, not what you expected. And, you know, I mean, look, very important part of this game is knowing when to let go. Sometimes you got to throw on Frozen and let it go. And, you know, that's what we're going to help you do right now because we're going to bring up some guys that you might have be having a little bit of a hard time letting go of. And we're going to tell you, is it time to let them go? Remember, if you love them, let them go. And if they come back to you, that means they're they're good enough to be in your lineup again. Something like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, let's get things kicked off here. You guys lost me, honestly. We're going. I have no idea what I'm talking about half the time here. I just say things. and I usually happens. black out for a good hour and a half. That's what I'm saying. Recording and you know, come back into focus after. We got to do some of those, um, those, those salts. Before one and the smelling salts. Yeah, we got to. It's basically crack. I might know a guy. <laughs> get them on Amazon. I was gonna say, yeah, you can get them on Amazon. <laughs> I know that bitch a guy. Is legal. It's Amazon.com, motherfucker. <laughs> so yeah, kicking things off here with. He's been brought up quite a few times already this year, and we're at the point now. We have to know: is it time? I'm talking about Allen Robinson. Everybody, uh, we 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 love him. He's he's great. I wish I had some sad piano music right now to play. To talk wah, wah, wah. That's that's there's I mean, sad piano music playing in my head. There's sad piano. We got the. Oh, that's that's the opposite. That's magic fairy dust. Yeah. He could use some of the magic fairy dust right now. Uh, Allen Robinson not been good, Bob. Not been good at all. You were talking. Uh, he he doesn't have in half PPR format a game over ten points this year. He just against a Tampa Bay decimated secondary. Gave you four targets for two receptions and 16 yards. What are we doing with Allen Robinson? Is it time to let him go? 
It is. You can't trade him. You can't trade him. Yeah, uh, if you're yeah, you know, redraft league, you know, he's obviously can't he's not startable at this point in time. Like he is been garbage. He is not doing anything on the field. So yeah, I think he is, you know, jobable at this point. It always makes me nervous getting into this part of the season and dropping a player that you draft in like the top five rounds. Um, just because they've had that there's a reason they went that high. They have the skill set to be able to produce. So if Justin Fields gets it going, you know, a little bit, a couple more games down the line, and he breaks out and someone else picked them up off the waiver wire and beat you with them in the playoffs, that would literally drive me insane for an entire offseason. So me personally, I'm going to probably hold him onto the end of my bench if I have him in redraft leagues. Hoping for that breakout to come with Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't do that personally. I, I do. Just, I can't. I can't burn the roster spot. I can't with bye weeks and like you just highlighted. Said. I mean, every team is decimated right now. There has been a massacre of injuries this year so far, and I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can waste. I don't personally think I can waste the roster real estate to keep a guy like Allen Robinson, who's not even flex worthy on my team. Justin Fields does not look good. Matt Nagy looks like a total mess. The team looks like a mess. They're desperately waiting for David Montgomery to come back. Well. Yeah. Maybe not. Herbert's over there killing it. But I don't know. I think it's time. I'm cutting him. Yeah, the best thing you can do with him right now is throw him into a trade package just based on name value alone. But, yeah, he's not He's not doing anything for your team. I think the time to do that was the last two weeks. And Probably. He, at this point, I don't even think that. I mean, how much How much does Allen Robinson's name really move the needle for you in the trade? Uh, Right now, it doesn't. Right now, I'm saying no to anything I see with him coming my way. I'm going, I don't even want the landmine on my team. Yeah, exactly. It's gotten bad. You know, Fields has not been good. He is not throwing the ball enough to warrant, you know, high volume for your best pass Four catcher. Targets. Yeah. And uh, Matt Nagy's a dog shit coach, and he'll be out this week because of COVID. So, you know, this is, this is going to end up being the week that Allen Robinson explodes for 30 fucking fantasy points. But, yeah, right now, he he's not worth being on your team. Okay, moving forward here to um, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Not the RB2 on the year, Jonathan Taylor. No, you don't draft him. Talking Naheem Hines, who has been very underwhelming. He's literally only had two relevant games this year in half PPR formats. He's giving you uh, – he's literally not even combined for five points in the last four games. At this point, what are we doing with Naheem Hines? I chop and block for me. Get him off. Cut. Yeah, it, it all depends on your roster size. If it's one of the smaller, like, 14 to 16 round kind of rosters, it's he's not doing you anything right now. He'll probably sit on the waivers until he does have a good game. So you can kind of try to play that waiver wire game and add him back if you need to. But, yeah, if you see somebody else, you know, on the waivers that can help your team now and in the future, go ahead and cut base with him. Dynasty-wise, I'm still going to hang on because oh, he's just so young. But, 100%. yeah, we're talking mainly redraft right now, and that's where I'm at with Hines probably. Yeah, dynasty-wise, definitely do not cut Allen Robinson unless you're in a league with me and I happen to have a lot of fab. A lot of fab. All of the fab. Yes. I would spend all of... How much fab would you drop on Allen Robinson in a dynasty um, league? 50%. Uh, 50? I, I don't care what I have. At I this would, point in the season, I would use all of it, yeah. Every single dime I had would go... Every single penny I'd have would go towards acquiring Allen Robinson in a dynasty league. I'll trade you all my fab I would, right now. I would cut some other players so that way other people would bet their fab on them. Just so <laughs> that way. <I> <laughs> so, uh, moving forward here, Damian Williams running back for Da Bears... And he's looking like da trash. That that was bad. But anyway, just like Damian Williams, what are we doing with him? I mean, he was a waiver wire darling a few weeks ago, and now Quill Herbert is 
stepping it up and, he and looking like a good. stud. Yeah, Khalil Herbert looks real good. Yeah, I mean, Damian Williams is droppable, too. Yes. I mean, any of those like kind of like fringe backup guys who, you know, they get their games to shine when the starter goes down, uh, they're only worth being on your team for those few weeks that they're relevant. And with Khalil Herbert stepping up and being that lead guy now until Montgomery gets back, you know, playoff Damian, he'll have his moments, but yeah, he's not an every week play at all. And, you know, he's expendable. So he's always been expendable. Go ahead and drop him. Yeah. And with running backs in the NFL, it's like if they fill in and they succeed in when they fill in, they may have a role further down the line or if someone goes down again. But if they don't succeed or, you know, aren't available, I know he had, I think, COVID for the one week, but, you know, someone else filled in and did way better than they were even expecting. So he kind of just like lost his. His spot, I feel like. So, I'd cut him for sure. Yeah. Moving forward, I agree. Get him off your team. Um, this is why we preach that pass protection is so important for young running backs. Because Ramondre Stevenson, who was looking to be a phenomenal stash, was a healthy scratch this week because he missed a pass block assignment in week six. And Bill, Bill Big Stimmy over here is saying... It's a we'll see week to week thing on if he's going to be active at this point. I mean, I, I'm going to go out and say I, I think it's time to cut bait on Ramondre Stevenson. Well, yeah, especially with the way Damian Harris has been playing. Yes. Damian Harris has been playing lights out. He's you know he's been like a top 15 running back for the past few weeks. So, yeah, I mean Ramondre Stevenson, it's it's weird to he's kind of hard to gauge because like in a healthy scratch to kind of teach a guy like that a lesson, it kind of seems like Bill actually does really like this guy and he really does want him to succeed going forward. You know, so I think. Big things might be coming for Stevenson, but for the time being, yeah, as long as Harris is playing, you know, lights out, he's not worth the redraft roster spot. Yeah, 100%. I agree with Ryan, and that that time coming may be next season and may not even be this season, so I think it's Damian Harris' show all day. Fair enough. Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, was looking pretty damn good, had a bit of a dud here uh, against the Browns. Rough weather. It was, It was. I mean, it wasn't that bad. But Stellar secondary, too, you know. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. They've they've been burned quite a bit this year. But anyway, uh, a couple times, couple yeah. times. Okay, 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 okay. I don't know, Denzel Ward got hurt, but um, I know I'm literally like the last fucking play. <laughs> now Jerry Judy is returning back to this team. That's all you need to know about this. So are yep. we cutting bait on Tim Patrick? Is yep. it time to cut him? Yep, Teddy Two Gloves. You know he'll give you 250 passing yards a game, maybe, and that will be spread out to Noah Fan, Corlin Sutton, and Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick, he'll have. Boom days, but that's it. You're not going to get regular uh, work out of him. Two phenomenal matchups on tap: Washington and Dallas. Still cutting. Still cutting. I, I I would try to do. I would personally try to do the two for one trade. Try to package him in there. Just to yeah, see always trying two for one you before you cut a guy. A little little sneaky sneaky on somebody, but yeah. So if any of these guys are trying to two for one, you just know they're about to cut one of them. So don't worry about if it. If anybody ever tries to two for one, you anytime like I. I, I think I reject, like, without even thinking, any two-for-one offer I get. Oh, that's that's not my mentality. There are situations that it's like that. But, I mean, today I was talking Tyreek Hill for Leonard Fournette and C.D. Lamb. That wasn't – no none of the players in that trade were getting cut. I was offered Leonard Fournette and oh, – yeah, Kyle was offering. <laughs> for Kyle was yeah. selling Leonard Fournette to he, everyone. I think he wanted Nick Chubb. Yeah. Leonard Fournette and uh, I think maybe Emmanuel Sanders. It was and a, it was moving on. No one cares about our yeah. trade no, no. talks. The, my Nobody signature move is a bench player in a dynasty league for a third. If I'm offering that, you know that player is about to get cut. That's yep. that's my signature move. But um, anyway, <laughs> moving forward here. Last one of the day. This one's tough. I wanted to save a good one for the ending here. Um, Brandon Ayukin has been Brandon Ayukin. Oh, 
doghouse for him, man. He's 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 done so. You know, he, with I mean, Kittle being out, and you know, just you see all that muff pun he had on where he he got lucky that he kicked it back into the end zone and it went in as a touchback instead of a safety. That was bonkers to see, but Ayuk has just not been good. He's not running good routes. He's not getting targets at all. Yeah, Ayuk is, I mean, that's tough as like a straight-up cut, you know, to try and pick up an ad. But, yeah, he's he's done. He's done for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm cutting. I'm cutting bait. It's time. He has done literally nothing this entire year up to this point. I mean, it, we're, it's similar to Allen Robinson. He's got one game over 10 points, so. And he hasn't shown that he can do it like Allen Robinson has. So, yeah, he I'm, needs, I'm out. I'm he out needs Debo to be out. For him to have any relevance. I, at this point, I mean, at, at this point, I don't even know if that's going to help him. Kittle's been out. Kittle was a dominant target in that offense. I, I don't, I just don't know. Maybe he needs Kittle and Debo just to be relevant. But I don't, Kyle, he did something to piss Kyle Shannon off. I have no idea. So, anyway, that was Copper Drop. Any of these players, you know, we're talking. Obviously, you're seeing if you're going to add them or so. But anyway, moving forward here. We're going to talk about a few players that we need to discuss, um, some things that we saw. Basically, you know, trending, ending, all that good bullshit, and we're going to get right into it here. I'm going to talk about DeAndre Swift, running back three on the season right now. What is the future outlook here for DeAndre Swift? Is this what we can, you know, I mean, look, we all were high on this kid coming into the year. There was the injury concerns. There was other things like that that kind of, you know, shied us away from him for a little bit. But he's been phenomenal. He's got a great matchup against Philly coming up. Then he's got the bye week. A little bit of a rough stretch there with uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, and Denver. But he makes most of his money in the passing game. So those run defenses that are very good at stopping the run are kind of not that relevant to him. I don't know about you guys. I think DeAndre Swift's a locked and loaded top five running back going forward for the rest of the year. Yeah, as long as he's continuing to see that passing work, he is. You know, especially in any type of PPR format, he will get all. The, he'll get five to eight targets minimum a game, and he'll turn that into like close to a hundred yards every game. So yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift is so fucking good. He's the B back. Come on, everyone. No, nah, I'm just the kidding. <laughs> he's he's definitely good. I mean, I yeah, fire him up. Top five maybe a little steep for me the rest of the season. Um, but I think he could definitely finish right up there in you know that six seven range most likely. But I, I could definitely see a way where he does finish if, you know, everything works out in his favor. The thing is, he has potential to be the RB1. That's something that he could do in a PPR format league because like, he has the passing work. He's capable of running through the tackles. I don't. I see a lot of Adrian Peterson in his game. I've been saying that all offseason long. Well, he literally trained with Adrian Peterson last offseason. Peterson showed him how to get familiar with the league. So, I mean, I'm not saying he is AP, but... He's that style of a player, in my opinion. So, and what is impressive is he doing? He's doing everything that he's doing right now with a very, very limited amount of touchdowns. He's not. He's not getting in the end zone week in and week out. So, I mean, let me uh, go ahead and vet where he's actually at. He's got on the year. Do do. He's got uh, four tu- or five touchdowns total so far. It's not bad. Yeah, it's half of Derrick Henry's. Yeah, yeah, and he's getting so many of his points just straight through catches and things like that. So it's just it's such a secure play week in and week out with Swift. Yeah. So definitely if you can now if you can try to acquire DeAndre Swift and some like give me some big name running backs right now that you would be willing to move to get DeAndre Swift on your team. Like, you know, James Robinson 
or DeAndre Swift? I think Swift. That's easy. I think Robinson's been very, very good, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to kind of come into his own sooner rather than later, and that's going to move that that game plan away from the run game. That's for Ryan, J. Rob, DeAndre Swift. How you feeling about that? DeAndre Swift. You know, and I'm going to say it actually is kind of close for me. I think J. Rob is like oh, I agree. top tall back. For I agree sure going forward. So Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift. I think I slightly lean Mixon there. I don't. It's Swift easy for me. I, I have J Rob over Mixon, to be honest with you. So I think I think I like Swift more than Mixon mainly for the or I think I like Mixon more than Swift mainly because the explosive offense. Yeah. Leading to more touchdown opportunities. Zeke or Swift? Rest of your Zeke. I'm going Swift. Same same reason as Mixon. Zeke. You guys are sticking with the name value. I'm go- I'm going Swift. I I'm, mean, they're proven. See, they're see, doing I, it though. I, I like Swift a lot, but I just feel like at any time the Detroit Lions are so such a bad team. Regardless, that they can just get blown out, leading to. I know you said he's not getting that many of his points through touchdowns, but those definitely help. So if they both have the same exact game and Zeke has two touchdowns and Swift doesn't, give me Zeke all day. Does it not help him though if they're getting blown out? Because then that's going to create more positive game script for him to receive receptions. I get that, but if they're like so bad to where they're going three and out every time and they lose forty to nothing, like there's no points fantasy value there. Yeah, that extra three points on six catches over the course of the game isn't gonna compete with what Zeke can do in, you know, same time frame. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's move forward to some other players I want to discuss here. Uh, we got Josh Jacobs versus Kenyon Drake. Josh Jacobs was having a phenomenal game, put up fourteen points, got hurt on scoring a touchdown. And uh, they're going into the bye week, not expected to miss time, expect to be back on the field come week nine. How do we feel about Josh Jacobs moving forward? How do we feel about Kenyon Drake, who came in and was actually pretty phenomenal serving as the backup there? I mean, is this is he one of the better handcuffs? Does he have standalone value? I have questions. You guys have answers. As somebody who's been starting Kenyon Drake in two leagues for the past few weeks just on desperation alone, I mean, yeah, Kenyon Drake does have a little bit of standalone value. He's like the eighth or ninth highest paid running back in the league. Like, they paid the man to come in. You know, this new head coach is making the use out of his guys. Uh, I mean, yeah, and Jacobs is somebody who can get banged up, you know, with a snap of a finger. He's been banged up all year. And, you know, yeah, I think uh, Kenyon Drake does have some standalone value. Yeah, and Kenyon Drake's just overall a good player. So, he's definitely going to find the field more and more even with Jacobs on the field. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with it with Drake for sure. Now, in a redraft league, are you willing to go out and acquire Kenyon Drake and try to buy him as somebody that, you know, is a bench player that could help you potentially make a push, especially if Josh Jacobs were to get hurt? If I'm the Josh Jacobs owner, I'm making it a priority to have Kenyon Drake on my bench. What if you're not, though? I mean, and if you if you have the free space, yeah, he is worth it. He's, like, he's somebody who is worth as a hold, you know, kind of in that handcuff mindset. Where like you know in a you know a bipocalypse or some shit you can throw him in as a flex play, but yeah he he's worth somebody to be held. So let's just throw out a scenario here because we're going to talk about this player in a minute here. Rookie coming on Rashad Bateman, would you trade him away for Kenyon Drake if you were thin at running back? Ah, uh, I would not. I think I think big things are coming for Bateman. So if that that's what I was going to kind of bring up. I feel like there's a lot of team builds. At least I have a lot of them this year where. I have three guys starting at receiver who I would never even think, no matter the matchup, to not play them. So if my fourth or fifth guy is like a Rashad Bateman and I have no running backs, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would do that one personally, but it would be a scenario I would have to think about it a little bit more. Like let's just say Antonio Gibson is your RB one, Miles Gaskin is your RB two, and 
you have J.D. McKissick as your RB3, and then you got, like, Zach Moss. Would you make that move then? Are you speaking from experience right now? No, I'm actually – I'm just looking at oh, okay. players that are kind um, of spread out a little bit. I would – And you're sitting pretty, like, with what Seta said. You know, you got a Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and Keenan Allen trio – that you're just throwing out there week in and week out. Is, you know, is that an area where you would be willing to trade an up-and-coming emerging rookie like Jalen Waddell or Rashad Bateman or somebody like maybe a Michael Pittman who looks like he's very promising going forward? Would you give up one? Because we, we know how fantasy works. The value between, especially in redraft, the value between wide receiver and running back, it's not the same. It's not. Running back is always a little bit more elevated. So these fringe flex RB3s, are worth more than your average wide receiver three. So even though it technically they're not, I mean, I know history wouldn't technically throw it that way, but when you're, when you're talking to other owners in your league, that's a real thing. The, the running back premium is a real thing that our at home listeners deal with. Cause we deal with it. Yeah. Um, I, that's tough because I, while I do like Kenyon Drake, there are weeks where he'll give you two points. Yes. He's you not know? reliable on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. So, I mean, if you are that desperate and Kenyon Drake is the guy that you want to go out and acquire, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, burn down the world because I saw you made that trade, but I don't – that's not something I would do personally. Fair enough. Let's talk Jamar Chase. Wide receiver two on the year right now. Wait, I, I think I should bring up his stats and, and show what yeah. his pace is at right let, now. Let's, let's hear it. He might, he might break – Justin Jefferson's record by week 10 at this pace. Like, it, it's so unbelievable how great this dude is playing right now. He's looking pretty good. It's, it's honestly unbelievable. Like, yeah. he's, he's blowing out my, what I thought was possible for a rookie receiver. Because even with how good he's playing, he's doing it with all of those weapons on the team still playing decently well. You like, do realize know. you could have had literally anything I owned this offseason had you have actually taken me up on some of these bets. Yeah, that's fair. You could I mean, have had my car. <laughs> like, I mean, if I were to take your car, you would have really nothing left with at this point. So, I mean. Oh, man, he's taking personal shots. God damn. I'm already I'm down bad. You already fucking cursed me. It's real. It's real. Don't, no shit, don't it's real. Me. You think I don't know that? Do you think I don't know that? Anyways, Jamar Chase is le- legit. He might be the next like top five receiver for the next ten years. He's phenomenal. I don't know, man. He is so explosive, so crisp, and I hate that he's in our division because we're gonna just have to guard him for the next 10, 15 years with Joe Burrow. Yep. That sucks. Uh, an important thing that I like to preach in fantasy is that you always need to be adaptable. You need to change. You need to be able to take what is handed to you and adjust and not, you know, have a set in stone opinion. And I will be the first to come out and say, I was wrong. I was incredibly wrong. Jamar Chase is the real deal. He's a top five receiver going forward. He's a top five dynasty asset. If you got him in your rookie draft, you hit a home run. And, you know, I mean, that's, I never said he was going to be a bad football player. I did not. I don't, nobody thought he was going to do this. Now, Seta thought he was going to do this. Seta didn't think he was going to be top two. No, Seta, I didn't Seta know how good he was going to be. Top twelve receiver. Yeah, I thought he was just going to break Jefferson's thing records, and he's already he's getting close. He's at like seven hundred something yards. Yeah, he's killing it. Now this poses the question: Where do you have Jamar Chase? You know, going forward, we're having a redraft today, right now. What number is Jamar Chase in your wide receiver rankings? He's five to ten, somewhere in that range. So he's number four. 
So give me who your top three is. Devontae, Tyreek. That's you, tough. I, I if you do not Cup. say Cooper Cup's name. I, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I want to go Cooper Cup here, but that's like ba- mainly based on this season. If I was going to go real, well, no, I'm not talking dynasty. I'm talking like, redraft. We're having a redraft yeah, right now. This I honestly, redraft. I, it would be hard for me to. It would be between Chase Cup and uh, Steph Diggs probably for for that fourth yeah. spot. I would and it'd be tough. in there too. And it, it's tough. Too. I would put D Hop one step behind him just because of how balanced Arizona's offense is looking this year. Yeah, D Hop's um, D Hop's behind Jamar Chase in my opinion. But I like D Hop too. He's dominant. He's still he's a be, best hands in the league, best receiver in the league. Like back end wide receiver one, just because of the targets that he's getting this year. Yeah. In all honesty, that's that's the only reason. But no, Chase Chase is top five. I mean, I got into this debate with a friend of the show, Corey Long, who gets a lot of slander. Fuck you, Corey Long. Exactly. And um, yeah, what he said. But, you know, we had this conversation when we were at the bar and because he was saying, you know, Tyreek Hill or Jamar Chase rest of the season, and I, I would still go Tyreek. But, I mean, the point, the fact of the matter is that's an honest debate because there, it doesn't matter. They're both top five yep. going forward. It, that's what it is. But, yeah, I'd still go Tyreek. So, still yeah. go Tyreek. 100%. Uh, Rashad Bateman, rookie, another rookie wide receiver, kind of just getting back into his own. He has been... Looking pretty good, you know, in his two games back. He had he he had six targets his first game in. He had six targets again, three receptions for eighty yards. He he seems like he's getting, you know, his feet wet here. Now they unfortunately they are going into the bye week, so we're not gonna get to see more Rashad Bateman this week. But how do we feel about Bateman moving forward? Is this is he is he already in that wide receiver three territory? Does he have wide receiver two upside? Break it down for me. He's wide receiver two upside. He is somebody that I would actually be trying to buy right now if possible because he is going into that bye week, so the owner might be a little hesitant on him. But Rashad Bateman, you know, if he's seeing those six targets and he's going to have those big play opportunities, you know, that's going to push Hollywood Brown down and Rashad Bateman up. And I think he does have serious potential to be like a wide receiver two for the rest of the season. Now, are you not worried at all when you say push Hollywood Brown down? Hollywood Brown saw 14 targets last week. Yeah. That, He's the clear-cut first read. Yeah. That was that was my biggest thing is I feel like in the beginning of the season, like thinking about this situation, yeah, he'd probably be able to come in with how Lamar has progressed as a passer. He'd be able to come in as a wide receiver two upside. I'm going to be sticking more at that wide receiver three, maybe like a flex play if you already have that kind of thing because of how good Hollywood Brown has looked this year as well as Mark Andrews has looked this year. Like they, they're showing – that they're going to be balanced, and I don't know if there's that much upside with Bateman because of how good their other weapons have actually progressed so far. That I personally think you hit the nail right on the head. My issue with Bateman is it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it matters. He's the third read on that team, and that's a low pass volume team if they get their way. And now, even if he's the first, I feel like they're all going to be kind of close and like balanced. It seems like with them, but I don't know. Like Hollywood Brown's tearing it up right now. It could easily fluctuate, but. I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, gonna sell everything just to get Rashad Bateman as my wide receiver two. No, but I think it's something that you won't have to pay wide receiver two value. No, for. you won't. And because you know, this is a guy who's you know he's two weeks removed from the IR. This is his. That was his second game in the NFL ever. He saw six targets in both games, only playing sixty percent of the snaps. He is going to get looks when he's on the field, and he will be on the field more and more as the season goes on. He gets that extra bye week, that extra prep, that extra work with the offense. I I'm a big buyer of Rashad Bateman right now. I think for the price you can get him, I don't hate trying to buy him because I do think I think the illusion right now is that this team is, you know, as run heavy as they used to be. With as decimated as their RB room is, I don't think the run heavy option is an option for them. They can't no. they can't run the ball as much as they want. Le'Veon Bell is a shell of what he used to be. Taysom Williams, he's okay, but he's nothing he's not he's not even playing. No. Devonta Freeman, get out of here. It, with exactly. That. 
Like, and, you know, Lamar has been a great passer this season up until last week. You'll get that recency bias discount on him, too. So, yeah. Yeah, Bateman, Bateman's a buy for me. Dearness Johnson, running back for staying in division for the Cleveland Browns, looked damn good against them yes, Denver Broncos. Yes, he did. I was big wrong about that. I was... Say the, yeah. say the fishies are going to yeah, yeah. go with yeah, the yeah, yeah. and the sharks like me are going to go with Felton. And the sharks did. fell for the trap. <laughs> yes, they did. They took my fin. I was literally saying that during the game. I was like, in the sharks are going <laughs> to I was too that. at the game. I was making fun of Ryan. I'm like, Ryan said Felton. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Felton didn't do terrible, but Dearness just blew it out of the water. Well, we saw like, Dearness do this before. I'm Dearness, this isn't the first time we've seen Dearness Johnson kill it, but Dearness Johnson... He killed it. That he was damn good. Like that wasn't just Stefanski's system. That was talent. He found hole. He made holes happen. He went through them. He destroyed defenders. He carried people. He looked good. Now Nick Chubb's coming back. We talked about that earlier. How do we feel about Dearness Johnson? Is he still? I mean, this is a team that's historically used two running backs, and Nick Chubb. I don't think they're going to bring him back off of that injury and just hand the dude 25 carries is Dearness Johnson an RB two slash flex play as early as this week in a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to go with yes. Um, I kind of hinted at that earlier. Uh, I think what they're going to do is they're going to kind of utilize him in that Kareem hunt role because they want to one, keep Chubb fresh. If they do end up trying to make a playoff push as well as he is coming back off of injury. So you don't want to just put the load on him like the Panthers have done with CMZ multiple times, and he's been banged up, comes back, handles the load, and gets banged up again. That's not what the Browns want to do. And I think the only main difference you're going to see is when they get down to the red zone, the they, they don't mind taking Chubb out and putting Kareem Hunt in because he just has a nose for the end zone. I think Chubb's going to stick in there um, a little bit more on those drives to finish them off. So it's going to be – he's going to need to make it through ca- some catches and things like that, but – I think both of them are okay plays. You know, Dearness is a okay play job. Great the rest of the season. Yeah, until Cream Hunt's back in the lineup, and I think Dearness has earned this. Wow, you're so dominant. Yeah, he, yes, he has. Facts. He was very dominant. So, uh, moving forward to the last guy we're going to discuss here as we close out this first episode of Hit Stick Fantasy, and you know to stay tuned for our second episode that'll be dropping a little bit later on in the week here, where we get into all of our hits of the week and that fun stuff. But I'm going to be talking about wide receiver five on the year, Mister. Debo Samuel. We totally saw this coming, right? Everybody knew this was going to happen. Debo over Brandon Ayuk all day, every day, right? Yeah, that was, it was obviously obvious. Clear. If you ended up with Debo or Mike Williams in like the seventh or eighth round, if you like, ended up with both. You're you're killing it this year. So I'm, congrats, because I got him in one, and I got Williams in one, and I'm loving it, dude. Just imagine if you took Cooper Cup in like the fourth round, Debo Samuel in like the seventh, and Mike Williams in like the ninth. You're disgusting, like, <laughs> and that's a realistic thing that could have happened. If you took, if you got that trio, tweet at us because I want to know. Also, none of you fuckers read the bio on the episodes that's been released because I totally put a code word in there and nobody got at us on it. So, read the bio. Sometimes there's little treats in there. Oh, code word, code word. Yeah, but anyway, back to actual stuff that matters here. Debo Samuel, who's been lighting it up, saw 11 targets, seven receptions for 100 yards. He had a fumble, but whatever, and a touchdown. Ryan was bitching and moaning about him all game. Like, you're going to beat me, baby. Debo Samuel's playing the rain. You know, then Debo Samuel did Debo Samuel things. Yeah. Now. You still beat me. I did. I want. I, what happened? Kamara. Fucking Kamara. Yeah, I, I, I still beat you, right? You did. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just want to hear you say it again. Oh, man, I love beating Ryan Long in fantasy football. 
All right, enough about you guys beating each other off, right? Yeah, you know, just a little bit. Just a little rub and tug, but, you know, whatever. Um, what are we doing with Debo? Because I have a question to ask you guys right now. We're playing him as our freaking wide receiver one going forward. But hear me out. Hear me out. As the person that likes to make moves and do things and try to be ahead of the curve here, is it time to possibly sell high on Debo Samuel? Now, let's factor it. Let's, let's put the variables on the table. There's a quarterback change coming on this team. Whether you want to admit it or not, Trey Lance is go. You they trade they mortgage their entire future to bring this dude. Are you talking dynasty team. or redraft? Right I'm now? talking redraft. Obviously, if I don't, I don't think a quarterback change is coming this year. I do think a quarterback change is coming this year. I think a quarterback change is coming as early as in the next three weeks. They've already been trying to kind of get Jimmy G out the door. Like Kyle Shanahan has been saying, you know, anytime he's asked a question about Garoppolo, he's like, yeah, I I think he's going to be available. I I like him. You know, blah, blah, blah. like it's. I don't know. It just seems inevitable with the amount that they gave up and what they did that Jimmy G is going to be benched and Trey Lance is going to be the starter. And that's going to shift some things around for that team. George Kittle is on his way back. This is wide receiver five on the year right now, Debo Samuel. I mean, you can't tell me that it's not smart to at least try and shop him. If you can change Debo Samuel into, you know, you take Debo Samuel and a fringe running back, to, or a fringe RB2 on your team, and you turn him into Cooper Cup. Are you going to tell me you don't want to do that? Well, yeah, that's that you're obviously doing because you're going after the wide receiver one with bona fide role. I, I'm not trying to move. The only thing I can say on why you could be able to move Debo Samuel is because you did draft him late. And if you did hit on your other wide receivers, you're in a more comfortable spot to move a guy like that. And then if I'm moving Debo Samuel, I'm going after running back. I'm trying to fix that hole on my team because that's probably where you're hurting if you're trying to move a top five wide receiver. So what, okay, so if you're going after a running back, well, let me ask you this. What if you could take, like, Debo Samuel and, like, one of the guys that we talked about dropping, like Brandon Ayuk or, not not a great example because he's on the same team, yeah. but, like, Allen Robinson or Naheem Hines. What if you could package those two together and you can get Jamar Chase? I'm doing that, yeah. Yeah, I would do that too. But they're both top five, and that's the point. Is You know, you say Debo's name with these other top five guys, and it's, it's clear as day there's an elephant in the room, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love Debo. I think Debo is very phenomenal. I think in Dynasty, I'm holding Debo. I think Debo is capable of doing this nonstop. But right now for this year, with the inevitable, in my opinion, quarterback change that's on tap, if I can move him and make a lateral move to something that's a little more concrete, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be a lateral move to something concrete. Like, if I can move Debo for, like, Stephon Diggs, I'm doing that. If I can move him for DeAndre Hopkins, I'm doing that. If I can move him for any, like, proven, like, reliable top 12, you know, top 10 wide receiver. I'm doing that. But as far as like tr- having to try and move him, I'm not I'm not I'm not rushing to that. Now give me let's let's talk some running backs that you might be interested in trying to, you know, flip him for cuz top 5 wide receiver, that's definitely hold that holds a little more value than most. That's not a wide receiver too, you know, that's a high end one. You know, would you would you trade Debo Samuel for Daryl Henderson? Um I think I would. You if would? I needed a running back that bad, yeah. What about James Robinson or Joe Mixon? Both, yep. What about um, Damian Harris or Antonio Gibson? Neither. Neither? Sir. What about you, said? I'm honestly with all of what Ryan said mostly on those. Um, I, I just, I, I like Debo. I probably wouldn't want to move Debo for any of them, most likely. But if I did kind of have one of those crazy starts where Debo was going to be like my flex option and I have, you know, a Mike Evans, uh, yeah. Devontae Adams and something like, something like that, you know, I wouldn't hate adding a running back like Daryl Henderson to my team for sure. Let me throw this one out there. Debo Samuel right now, a few weeks away for Christian McCaffrey. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No. No. Yeah. no? I'm, I don't think I would want to make any moves for McCaffrey at this point. I kind of agree with Seta there, but just based on the fact that we are like pretty much a week or two away from McCaffrey being eligible to return, uh, I think I would, you know. If you want him, definitely this is the time to go and get him. But for me, I just think it puts way too much pressure. If I'm going in to try to win, if I'm getting McCaffrey, I'm trying to win a championship or I'm trying to turn my rebuild into a retool real quick and get back. So it depends on what situation you're in. If you're trying to win and he's going to be one of the main pieces, too much pressure makes me way too nervous. I wouldn't want to move him for Debo. Well, I'm just I, I was talking free drafts perspective completely. That the, the rebuild thing is kind of out the window. Yeah, so no, definitely not because he can play one game in the first round of the playoffs and then be done for the next two or something like that. No, it makes me way too nervous. That's fair. I mean, I, if I that's tough. That is a tough question because to, Debo is a top five receiver right now, and that's if the Christian McCaffrey owner, he's hurting. He's not. He's not doing too well because he's not had his first. He's had his first round pick for two I'm games. Both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm both. So um. Anyway, do you guys got any closing arguments here? Uh, not that I can think of. Jamar Chase for MVP. For MVP, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, fantasy MVP for sure. But don't be uh, don't be taking stuff away. Bru- See, Brutus doesn't agree with that. He said he said Hollywood Brown. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood Brown. Yeah. So anyway, you know where to find us. Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Hitstick Fantasy on Instagram, Hitstick Fantasy on Facebook. Get at us, ask us these questions, and stay tuned for our next episode that'll be airing a little bit later on in the week. Good night. Peace out, y'all.